Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Good evening. I'm Ellis Hayes, the producer of Soul. I'm Ellis Hayes, and we are happy to have you with us this evening. Hello and thank you, and welcome to Soul. We're doing our first live show tonight, and, you know, we hope you'll kind of bear with us. We can go up, we can go down, but we hope it runs evenly. What are they going to do for us now? Um, the poets are going to do now a piece they call Die Nigga. <laughs> this is the... That, right. I'm not, not going to give any more of it away. Um, my two guests, Ron Gilliard and Melissa Hazlip, I got to tell you, and I say this because this documentary, you have got to watch it. You really have to watch it. And, and, and I'm not kidding you. Before there was Oprah, there was Soul. Hey, Ron and Melissa, I would have given my right arm to be on that show <laughs> when, it, when it was running. Um, how do we describe it? Now, Ron is a good friend. But he is one dynamic producer and executive who has a uh, just a magnificent career in music, film that uh, spans over what twenty what twenty five years. And Melissa, uh, you, you no slouch at all, award winning filmmaker based in New York, and um, I, I I I can't tell you how honored I am to have both of you on the show. Um, who wants to start first? What is what are we going to see with this documentary, uh, Mr. Soul? Well, good morning, and, and good morning. Yes, good morning, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll start about Mr. Soul. I'm just over the moon for this film, and so excited that it's come to a national audience. And Mr. Soul is a documentary, but it's kind of unlike what you expect from a documentary. This film gives you everything. It's a love letter to black culture. You know, first and foremost, we don't see that too often. Uh, it's a celebration of black love, black strength, black sister and brotherhood, black music, black culture. And it's about the first black tonight show, which is called soul. And really the greatest show you've never heard of if you weren't around to see it. But if you were from 1968 to 1973, you know, it's it's just fantastic. It's about everything that makes us who we are, you know, our music, our culture, amazing, amazing performances. But it's also about this time period from 68 to 73. And it's really just an amazing, amazing yeah. party. <laughs> it, and, and you said, you know, it it was like the like a black tonight show um now it was it was was it primarily broadcast in new york did they ever uh syndicate it around the country well what happened was it was it was started out as a local show on wnet which was wndt at the time the and that what changed was the public broadcasting act so when pbs was formed Soul went out across the nation, nationwide on the PBS system, where all these stations around the country had come together to form the PBS station. So it did hit all the major cities, New York, Philadelphia, you know, mm -hmm. like everywhere where there was a major black audience and a major PBS audience. That's where it went. 
for five years and 130 episodes. But because it was live and some of it wasn't archived, it kind of went oh. into that ether of, <laughs> yeah. you know, it went into the vaults. And, and uh, me, it's, mm -hmm. yeah, no, let me go to Ron for a minute. The other thing I, as I, I was, I want people to understand any and everybody would, would, I mean, would give their, like I said, their right arm uh, to be on the show. The famous and uh, Melissa and Ron can, uh, and the infamous. I mean, um, one of my yeah. favorite components, this in-depth interview that he had with Minister Farrakhan. Um, oh, it was go ahead, Ron. Yeah. You're right. I think artists would... So I I had a long career in in the music business, and um, some would say I, I played at the high the highest levels, and I never heard of the show, and so that's what fascinated me about the show. Meeting Melissa, um, learning about Ellis, is that we give and rightfully so Arsenio so much credit for exposing R&B and hip hop to a national art audience in a way that The Tonight Show and, and other late night shows never did. But truly before Arsenio of the 90s, there was this, this, this man by the name of Ellis who was so instrumental in the careers you, you got patty labelle in the blue so i know astrid and simpson when i grew up astrid and simpson was a singing group that also wrote songs but in reality they were songwriters who had no intention of ever being a group until ellis said now nah, you sing their music you do it and mm. put them together and their their first performance as astrid and simpson is on his show, Patti LaBelle and the Bluebells, their first national television yeah. performance. Yeah. The first time Earth, Wind & Fire was ever allowed to perform on television and perform plugged in, meaning not yeah. lip syncing, Ellis's show. We could yeah. go on to Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. And the Blue Notes, yeah. <laughs> you could go. And Yeah, I may run out of time here, but if I do, hold on a second, because I want, might want to extend it to... But but real quick, when is this going to air? Uh, when is it, it going to air? Well, I, I got to give this one to Melissa. So Melissa, Melissa? probably sure. say what we all know. I'm we very, both know. <laughs> very excited to say that the film is now streaming as of yesterday. It has made its premiere on HBO Max. Okay. So you can watch this film, Mr. Soul, anytime you want from... You know, daytime, nighttime, whatever, how you want to stream it on your tablet, phone, on your um, your TV, however you want to watch it. It's on HBO Max, which is so exciting. We did have a PBS premiere. That was wonderful. Yeah, and, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, and that was great. But what you're going to see on HBO Max is the director's cut. It's the, oh, full, okay. the full, full, full film. We didn't have to cut it down for a broadcast okay. you know, or anything. But so if, if you... If you both can hold on for just a moment, uh, but stream, uh, hold on for just a moment, and we'll continue. Melissa, let me uh, continue our discussion uh, again 
where people can watch it. It is now streaming. So HBO Max, and you can hear it anytime. Uh, how 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 boy? How long is it? Because you could you could have hours of uh, of this documentary because he did so many uh, uh, tremendous shows. It's so true, and we wanted to make. We knew we had enough material to make a longer show, maybe even a docu series. But we decided to just keep it tight as a, you know, feature length documentary. It's just a little over an hour and a half. It's almost actually just shy of two hours. But there is so much material because you're spanning 1968 to 1973, which was a big cultural shift for African-Americans in this country, not to mention, uh, you know, coming out off of the heels of the civil rights movement, Jim Crow, reemerging to find ourselves and, and it really expands a more expansive view of black culture and of ourselves. And so the music is rich and there were 130 episodes of soul. So that's 130 hours of just pure, beautiful mm. black culture and black talent and black critical thought, you know? So it was really hard. It was, there was, it was an embarrassment of riches in a way. I think that's the best way to put it, but just so exciting to remind ourselves of our greatness and to know there's this rich, rich, you know, um, resource that I wish all people could see. Now, Ron, Ron, uh, back to you. Uh, you're the producer. The, you know, how, what was your most difficult part when you've got all of this uh, content? I think the most difficult part for me was wrapping my head around the fact that we um, never heard of him and that we were by and because of you know how long documentaries should be and it not being a docu-series you know to get people watched to hook people in it was just one of those like she said there's 130 hours uh, because there's 130 shows but this could have been four or five hours of just information you Everyone should see the the full interview of Farrakhan that is featured in the movie. Everyone should see the full interview of, you know, um, Harry Belafonte and 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 Sydney. It was just so much. It was she said it right, an embarrassment of riches. But and then also advising someone as talented as Melissa, you know hey, maybe you should cut this. Maybe you should move this. Maybe you should do that. (laughs) Having to remember that this is not only a project for her, but this is, you know, she has the last name. This is her uncle. This is her favorite uncle. Uh, For all intents, she seemed to have been the favorite niece. He was definitely my favorite person. And uh, shout out to my parents, of course, for raising me. But Ellis (laughs) (laughs) Hazlip, he was my... He was my spirit animal. He was my very first babysitter. You know, so there's this really intense connection. He was also my mentor and the person in the family who said it was okay not to be a doctor or a lawyer or an educator to explore my artistic side. And he knew that I had that bug and he knew that I understood uh, the significance of of Black art and the importance of, you know, uh, really supporting and creating Black art was 
really paramount. And he was all about black institution building at a time when that wasn't really possible. And, you know, this whole, this whole idea of ascribing value to culture and to black culture hadn't really taken hold in terms of recognizing our contributions to the culture. And so now Ellis Hazlip, he's kind of like this hidden figure that we have to bring forward. And this seems to be the moment to do that for all of us. You know, if we don't do it, it's erasure. We have to bring forward and celebrate the contributions of African Americans in the country, whether they're artistic, scientific, historic, polit political, you know, now is the time. Black women are having their moment. Black culture, we're, it's time for us to really be, sh to shine. And so how wonderful to go back into this archive of just pure black excellence and bring it to the to the foreground. Yeah, you know, talk you, about you, um, yeah, no, I was I was thinking uh, I go back to something, Ron, you said you, one of the more interesting interviews and and Lord knows uh, all the people you mentioned uh, when this generation hears the word Harry Belafonte, they think of a 90 year old or, right. or, or, or they, they think of, uh, these, uh, these guys and, and, and the women at their age now. But what's fascinating is to see them. I mean, my God, they were in their thirties. They're 20. 20s. Twenties. Some yeah, teenagers. I mean, yeah, you know, Al 20s. Green is standing there at, at 20 years old singing, I'm so tired of being alone. You see, yeah. I think people realize, you know, Harry Belafonte, they didn't have it, sexiest man alive, but he was the sexiest man alive <laughs> when he now, was around. Well, <clears throat> now, see, you need to get some folks who might, uh, I'm sorry, his buddy, um, Sydney Portier. Um, right. No, I was going to mention Sydney. I oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to talk about you because all of you at that time, they see you at the age you are now, but they don't realize, yeah. you know, the, the pop culture impact of these people. In pop, we, pop has been co-opted to mean white now, but pop just means popular. So the popular culture of these, yeah. of these individuals and they don't seem to understand how the fights that we are fighting now or the positions that we can take in 2021 is because they took the positions that right. they took back then, right? They had, you know, again, I don't want to give away the, you know, different moments of the, the movie. This show was so powerful and so important and Melissa said something about PBS. It was the public broadcasting, you know, system, you know, run by the government. And when it was at its height, it became, because not only did Patti LaBelle get his thing, but Amiri Baraka got to be on there. You had, you know, all of these national leaders and thought yep. leaders <clears throat> who had something to say about the the then current situation of black people and, and not everybody wanted to hear that and so yeah, right, i right. think without giving it away i think it, yeah. it will be interesting for at, at least to watch to see how a show grew in its prominence grew in its influence and how with the stroke of a pen 
someone said we have to end this because and, and hardly god forbid hardly, black people get pride and I'm, black I'm, people I'm, understand their wealth their worth well I'm, I'm sorry to try to interrupt my time i'm trying to get all this in and so, so forgive me um no problem not, and, um but i i uh there are two things one ron could you imagine trying to put something like what a soul put together on a budget that they had, whatever you would call a budget back then, because it had to be close to n- nothing. And yeah. two, and and I just have one minute. Well, I'll extend it a little bit longer. Um, d- you did not shy away from the issue of his homosexuality. That is also very much part of this, is it not, Melissa? Absolutely. And it, it that was important because... You know, Ellis Hazlip was a proud gay man at a time when those two words didn't go together. It was hard enough to be a black man, right, in 1968, let alone a a black queer man who was really representing, when we think about it now, he's somewhat of a queer icon. But you look at, at what was happening in the culture then, you weren't even really allowed to be gay. It was it was. Remember, this show came on in 68. That's before Stonewall. So that's before queer rights and gay rights and LGBTQ rights were even, you know, part of the zeitgeist. And so the fact that he was championing so much of our culture and still was allowed to be a steward of the culture when the culture even wasn't really feeling black folks in our own families and in our own uh, communities. So you see that he was really a pioneer in many ways, not just because he was breaking down barriers for the LGBTQ community, but he was asking the black community at large to see all of us, all of our complexities and differences, and to embrace that. And for us to be embraced on television during such a tumultuous time, that was revolutionary, you know, because then the white audience and the and the greater audience can see that we are a nation of people, that we that we have a vibrancy and a diversity of black arts and culture never before seen on television, and that soul became a black public sphere, you know, a cultural space. And nobody else was really carving out mm-hmm. a cultural space where black <clears throat> artists and musicians, athletes, you know, activists were free and free to discuss their varying positions on black liberation. And that's what it was about, you know. Black liberation, black identity, and of course the common misconception of a monolithic yeah. black community, which yeah. we are not, and that he embraced all of that in himself and in our people was was really a display of of love. You know, he loved his blackness, he loved our blackness, and that's and he, so inspiring. And he well, did it without disparaging anyone else, right? right. Because yes. if right. there were Latin acts on the show, there were other people on the other races on the show but it wasn't necessary to disparage anybody while lifting up the people that he loved this was a proud i have to say it howard university hey (laughs) you know black gay man yeah who who celebrated us and i think to put a bow on this this film allows us to return the favor and celebrate him. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're talking to a, a, a parent of a HU alum, so 
we're, right. we're, we're all in good we're all in good company. And you know, and, and I so wanted to do this. I so want people to go to HBO and and see this uh and absorb it. Because when I said it earlier in the discussion, uh I'd give my right arm, I was just getting into my own as an as an activist. And 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 you would and like you said, it was not only the musicians, the artists, the poets. Um, you you know, I'm, I'm, it, it 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 was the you want to talk about public intellectuals that they didn't have a they didn't have a platform other than than soul. That's right. So so Ron, let me let me go. Um, the other question I had. Um, this this was not a show because young people are used to slick presenta- presentations mm-hmm. now. This was not a show with a big budget. <laughs> That's why I w- wanted you to talk about yeah. as an executive producer about that, wh- how much he did with hardly a, a, a budget. With so little. Yeah, yeah. because it, it relied on the talent. It relied on the talent of, and that's um, that's not a knock, <laughs> but they relied on his curiosity as an interviewer and as a host and as an executive producer of, of Soul. It relied on the natural gifts of the artist, that Billy Preston, um, Teddy Pendergrass, when he was with Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes. Um, Patty LaBelle, ain't, ain't much you got to do to dress that up, right? The Ohio players, the the um, cool in the gang. There's not a lot of dressing that you need to do. You just present it. In the, and, and there was so much pride in performances back then anyway, so you knew that they were going to come and they would show up. But then you have Nikki Giovanni and you have, you know, all of these poets that came along, so they didn't really, James Baldwin, they were going to show up and all you needed to do was put a camera on them and let them be as great as, 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 you know, we thought they were, or he thought they were, and they all showed up and showed out. And so it it wasn't a need for a slick production as, as much. And I don't think technology didn't allow for what we define as slick, but um, um, slick productions now, but no, he were operated on the shoestring budget and he operated. There's a scene in the movie um, where Stevie Wonder is performing and uh, Stevie just goes and goes and goes because he's having such a good time. And uh, Stan Lathan, another one of the executive producers and industry legend in television, um, talks about how they had to change the reel of tape right that that would never happen today right like they ran out they, they ran out of tape ran out of tape, out of, had oh to put my a fresh reel yeah. on and yeah. pick it up so you missed however many seconds or minutes it took to get the the the, yeah. get the tape replaced right but right. you just pick it up and you just keep rolling knowing that stevie wonder at that time in his life at any time in his life really was oh, yeah. performing and showing up and showing out and that was and that's why i think it worked and that's why a huge production budget if someone did that thinking that it was going to limit the show and 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 stop the success of the show what they didn't realize he was just the gateway for the most talented human beings 
you know, right. in our right. culture and on the planet to to just have a way of doing their thing. And that and, and when you watch the movie, you get to see that. Melissa, final word. Yes. Um, and that is once again, it's streaming right now so people can see it at their leisure anytime. Just give everybody the uh, the details again. That's right. So you can watch Mr. Soul on HBO Max anytime you want. You can stream it on any of your devices. Hopefully you can have HBO Max as part of your lineup. But if not, you can just sign up for HBO Max and really enjoy the film at any time for as long as you want. And it's one of those one of those uh, documentaries. <clears throat> excuse me. You'll be watching it over and over. Yes, you know, you know people have said that they've watched. They're going in to watch it for the third and fourth time. Right, right. Sometimes a nineteen-year-old so Stevie Wonder. A, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, but uh, I just get all choked up when I think about that era. <laughs> but guys. <laughs> No, really, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, it really is uh, a documentary. Well done. Con- uh, Melissa, Ron, thank you all for taking the time coming on the Madison Show to tell us about it. And Thank uh, you for having us. No, yes. and, I'll, and I'll look forward to your, your next project. You guys, you, do a, you make a great team. Appreciate you being on. Thank you so much. much. All right. So, taped its first program on September the 8th, 1968. We began the route of documenting our own history because we know from what we see in the media, from the response we've had from the people, that so will be included in the television history of this decade when things go down. I have been very fortunate in being received in many homes across the country. And I thank you for that opportunity and that privilege of being in your homes. This is Ellis Hayslip saying good night. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.